Hi, this is Robert Plotkin from Blue Shift IP. The following podcast was recorded before the COVID-19 pandemic, and that's why you won't hear any mention of the virus or its impact in this podcast. We will be creating podcasts and other content to address the impact of COVID-19 on patent strategies. In the meantime, we hope that you and your colleagues, friends, and families are safe and well, and we hope that you find this podcast useful. This is the Software Patent Podcast by Blue Shift IP. Welcome to the Software Patent Podcast by Blue Shift IP, an easy-to-understand series of episodes that focuses on how to tailor patents to your business's goals. I'm your host, Robert Plotkin, software patent attorney, computer scientist, and one of the founders at BlueShift IP, a U.S. patent law firm specializing in software patents. This is episode four of Beyond the Buzzwords. In this series, we'll be looking at a number of big buzzwords that you've probably heard about, and we'll be discussing how to understand patentability in each of those areas. In a previous episode, we provided an introduction to quantum computing and talked a little bit about some of the challenges that quantum computing poses for the patent system, for companies that are inventing in the quantum computing industry, and for patent attorneys. In this follow-up episode on quantum computing, I'll put quantum computing patents in historical perspective and will point out how the next couple of years are a critical time in which groundbreaking innovators in quantum computing stand to obtain pioneer patents that could shape the industry for decades to come. Even though physicists were theorizing about quantum computing decades ago, it was only very recently that it became possible to build quantum computers that could tackle anything approaching real-world problems. And right now, there's an enormous influx of resources in the form of investment, research and development, and hardware and software product design that's being poured into quantum computing. Nearly every day, we're seeing advances in quantum computing that are enabling quantum computers to solve increasingly challenging problems in fields ranging from drug design to optimization to encryption. And whenever a new field of technology emerges there's a relatively small window of time during which it becomes possible to obtain what are called pioneer patents. These patents, which are obtained during the early years of a new industry, tend to cover foundational aspects of the technology that form the basis for the industry for many years into the future. Pioneer patents tend to be much broader than typical patents precisely because the field is so new. To understand this, consider that when you file a patent application for any invention, the patent examiner will attempt to determine whether that invention is sufficiently different from pre-existing inventions in the same field. The main way the patent examiner does this is by doing what we call a prior art search, which means searching through existing patents and technical literature to find descriptions of any similar previous inventions. And if the invention for which a patent is being sought is in a field that's very old, like a new kind of light bulb, then the examiner's prior art search is likely to turn up a huge amount of prior art covering a very wide range of light bulbs. 
This has two consequences for the person or company who is trying to obtain that new light bulb patent. First, it will be very hard to obtain the patent because of the high likelihood that the examiner will find a previous patent or combination of patents that describes the light bulb in the new patent application. Second, even if the light bulb in the new patent application is sufficiently new to be patentable, it's likely that the resulting patent will be quite narrow in scope so that it covers only very specific details of how that light bulb is constructed because any new patent is not allowed to overlap at all with previous patents and products. And because in this example, the universe of what we call prior art is so crowded with previous technology. But the situation is reversed in the case of very new technical fields, and even more so for new technical fields that are radically new. Quantum computing, in my opinion, is one of those fields. When quantum computing patent applications are being filed today for new developments in quantum computing, and patent examiners do their prior art searches, they are likely to find relatively little relevant prior art. This will make it easier for those new quantum computing patent applications to be granted. Furthermore, because there's so little prior art crowding, so to speak, the space of patents, new quantum computing patents have the potential to be very broad because there is little prior art for them to overlap with. This situation, however, is not likely to last very long because as new quantum computing papers and patent applications are published, they become part of the prior art. And in this way, the quantum computing prior art will start getting more and more crowded over time. This will gradually make it harder for other quantum computing innovations to be patented and will also result in any new quantum computing patents being narrower in scope than the quantum computing patents that were granted in the very early years of the field. What this means, in my opinion, is that we are right now living through a relatively short period in which innovators in quantum computing have an opportunity to obtain pioneer patents, much like early patents on the steam engine, the telegraph, and the light bulb. Patents which could have very broad scope and which could cover innovations that serve as the foundation for the entire field of quantum computing for decades to come. The companies that obtain these patents will have the ability either to stop competitors from using the technologies covered by those pioneer patents, or to require competitors to license those technologies for a fee. Of course, for companies to obtain pioneer patents that are not only broad but also defensible against challenges in the patent office and the courts, it's necessary for those patents to be written to comply strictly with all legal requirements and to describe the inventions in a way that's both technically sound and that covers the inventions broadly. This requires working with a patent firm that has special expertise both in patent law and in quantum computing. At BlueShift IP, we are one of the few patent law firms that has specific experience working on quantum computing patents and we are tackling these issues with our clients every day. There are many, many more opportunities and challenges in the context of patenting quantum computing inventions, and we could only touch on a few of those here. But I wanted to give you a flavor of just how exciting and complex the issues are. 
This is one field where both the technical and legal challenges and opportunities will continue to evolve rapidly. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Software Patent Podcast. Our next episode, hosted by my partner, Cynthia Gilbert, will cover the Internet of Things. If you're developing any innovative technology that uses quantum computing or the Internet of Things and want to talk about obtaining strong, broad, and defensible patents for those innovations, feel free to contact us directly at blueshiftip.com. And please join us next time on the Software Patent Podcast. The Software Patent Podcast by Blue Shift IP is hosted by me, Robert Plotkin, and Cynthia Gilbert, who are software patent attorneys and the founding partners of Blue Shift IP, the software patent experts. The Software Patent Podcast is produced by Ginny Media. For all software patent inquiries, please visit blueshiftip.com.